everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DVTPFL. It's Tuesday. It's July 5th. It is 2022. We have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July. Hope everyone stayed safe and had a good time. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, 12 game slate, some much better pitching options than we had on Monday slate. I'm, I'm ready to forget about Monday slate personally. Um, Alec Manoa did not do his thing. And Atlanta getting the rain delay and killing Kyle Wright just, I mean, th- that killed, you know, two thirds of my lineup. So, um, how are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, I had a similar slate to you. Uh, I'm ready to turn the page as well. I, I had a, a fair bit of Manaya. That did not go well at all. I had some Manoa as well. Also didn't go well. Just, yeah, one of those slates that you throw away. And luckily for us, there's there's another one to play today. So let's get let's get into it. Best part about DFS, right? When That's you have right. a bad day, you just get back at it tomorrow. And you trust the process. Um, and you just see how it works out. I mean, that's that's all I can say is, you, if you trust your process and, you know, if you rely on a lot of the stuff that you've learned over the years, I mean, you're you're likely going to come out ahead at the end of the season. So uh, 12 games. We're going to jump right in. Big slate here. We got Texas at Baltimore. Nine and a half total. Pick them game. Uh, we have Austin Voth going up against Spencer Howard in this one. We'll start here with Spencer Howard pitching for Texas. He's 5,700. Both these pitchers are pretty cheap overall. Do you have any interest here in Howard? I do have some interest in Howard. Uh, I looked into his minor league stats, and he's been pretty good this year in AAA. He's got the the really good matchup against Baltimore. Um, threw a couple innings out of the bullpen for Texas early in the season, and they sent him down. And he's kind of been – like he was a once a, a pretty top prospect. Uh, came over in a trade with Texas. I don't even remember who they sent back to Philly, but came from Philly – once upon a time, a pretty good prospect. Looked like he's kind of found it again this year. 30% K rate in AAA. Matchup against Baltimore, $5,700 price tag. Um, I think you can take some shots here. Bounced around a little bit. Um, like you said, you know, Philly organization. And, I mean, this is the number one prospect in the Texas Rangers organization. Um, and this is the year that he is supposed to be up. He was supposed to be up a little bit last year. I mean, he really didn't impress – he started 15 games last year. He did have 52 strikeouts in 49 innings, um, but his whip was in, insanely high. He struggled massively with walks, and that's my my biggest concern is the walks. But I do think the strikeout stuff is there. Um, my only problem out of the bullpen, he was generating no soft contact whatsoever, um, and he is more of a fly ball guy. But like you said, in AAA, he's been able to you know kind of limit the home runs. So I think if we play him at 5,700 expect for him to maybe give up a couple runs, but you know, have six to eight strikeouts. I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, six strikeouts at 5,700 and, you know, throwing four innings, five innings, um, really puts you close. Um, so I was actually, I'm actually with you, Spencer Howard, someone that I had written down. Um, and honestly with this game as a pick em, I like Texas. If you're in the, if you're in the betting world, I like the Texas bet. Um, it's minus, 105 to minus 110 on most books um so yeah i like the i like the texas bet here uh, i think texas wins this game so austin voth on the other side of this game um i do not have interest in austin voth you know this is offense that's beatable don't get me wrong texas is a beatable offense but 
Foss is not a great pitcher from what we've seen so far. 20% Ks, 5% XFIP. Um, pretty ground ball, fly ball neutral pitcher. Do you have any interest here in Austin Voss? No, I don't have any interest here. Um, 62 pitches in his last one, so probably not going to get you. Definitely not going over 80 in this spot. Um, you've got guys that are fully stretched out down in this price range. I, I would much rather play. Um, don't mind the matchup, but just don't love the talent. Not fully stretched out. I'll, I'll pass on both. Something that like people don't realize, too, about both of these teams, Texas and Baltimore, they're two of the better bullpens in baseball. Uh, I think they both rank in the high of the top eight. Um, so let's talk bats, thinking that, you know, if Voss only going to go 60, 70 pitches here, you get that bullpen that, I mean, the Baltimore bullpen has been super solid this year. Texas is priced up. While it might be a great matchup, I don't know if I full stack here. I think you can always take shots on Seager. Um, I mean, Josh Smith is 3,600. He should hit leadoff for Texas. So maybe, okay, so I'm looking at Seager Smith, and then I decide if I want to go like a Garcia, Marcus Simeon. But I think it'd be a three-man stack, if anything, here for me on Texas. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. I, I have some interest here. Seager, I like a lot. Um, some of the other bats have come up a little bit. Like Josh K isn't, or Josh Smith isn't around 2K anymore, but he's still 3,600. Nate Lowe, I like his price at, at 3,800. Um, Calhoun's price has come up quite a bit. He's up to 4,300. I don't love that. Um, depending on which catcher is in there, Heim or Garver, they're both in the 4K range. Like, I might get to a full stack on him. I definitely have interest in, in the three man with, with Seeger, Nate Lowe and Josh Smith, the three lefties. I think those, those guys make a lot of sense. Um, Brad Miller might crack the lineup too. And then they've been doing uh, Steven Duggar's been playing some outfield. He's cheap. Maybe you could make it a full stack, but I, I agree with you more interested in, in uh, Seeger's really the, the guy I'm after. Um, I'll play him with it with a couple of bats to make it a mini stack. That makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, if Himes made me in the lineup, you could get a catcher that has some pop. But my problem with, like, the full stack at these prices on a 12-game slate, I don't know if they necessarily have the ceiling to win you the slate. So that's why I think it's more of, like, a secondary stack. Or even a one-off or two-man, you know? I don't think you necessarily have to go there. Uh, the Baltimore side, listen, as much as I have interest in Howard, I do think that like he's home run prone. Um, so taking some shots on like a Mullins, um, Adley Rushman's finally, this guy is super talented. He's one of the top prospects in all of baseball, not just Baltimore. We knew that like once he got going, he was going to get going and you know, he is just a big time pro. I think he is the top prospect in baseball. If I remember correctly, um, big time talent. So if you want to take shots on like Rutschman, Santander, Mullins, Mancini on teams that you're not playing Howard. I, I think, you you know, you could play the baseball hedge life and play both sides of this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't love Baltimore's pricing. Like Mullins is up at 5,500. Even Rushman's price has come up quite a bit now because of this little run he's been on. But like you said, still a very talented hitter. Um, fills a catcher position, definitely in play for me. Uh, Mancini and Mountcastle in the low 4Ks are, are intriguing. Um, probably not a full stack for me, but I, I definitely think there's some pieces to work with here. Um, kind of similar to Texas in that some are a little bit overpriced, but I do have some interest in chasing it a little bit. I mean, it it's just kind of like um, Bobby Witt Jr. When he started hitting, like his price jumped. I mean, DraftKings knows. They know who the top prospects in baseball are, and you know they're going to price those guys up once they start going. So yep. um, 
I think, uh, honestly, I think both these teams probably three-man stacks for me. I don't think I full stack either one. Pricing is a huge factor, but, I mean, this game's in Baltimore. It has a high total. Um, pick them games, so both run totals are pretty high. So, don't mind looking at some bats here. Washington at Philadelphia. Another nine-and-a-half total. You know we're starting to get into these hotter months when we start seeing these nine-and-a-half totals all the time. Uh, Philadelphia, 160 favorite here. Espino going up against Sanchez. Um, any interest here in Espino? If you look at his surface numbers, he's been actually pretty good this year, but that's that's going away. It probably starts here against Philadelphia. Tough ballpark for him. He's a fly ball pitcher um, against, I know, Philly without Harper, but there's still plenty of power in that Philly lineup. Um, I'm, I'm much more on the Philly bats than I am on Espino. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at as well. Um, Christopher Sanchez getting called back up for this game, got sent down. <sighs> you know, he got sent down, I, I feel like, to get stretched out a little bit. Um, six starts in AAA this season. He's thrown 20 innings. He has 23 strikeouts, 27% K rate with 11.5% uh, swinging strike rate. He is a lefty, and I mean – Going up against Washington with Juan Soto banged up, Harper, I mean, not Harper, um, Bell and Cruz, really the only two bats that you're necessarily like super worried about here, if, especially if Juan Soto doesn't play. I think I have like slight interest in, in Sanchez today. And like, we're going to talk about some, some offenses that I really like today. And that's why we've already mentioned like two cheap pitchers that I like because I'm on bats on this slate. So, I mean, he's 5,200. I think we see him 75 pitches-ish here at 5,200. So, I mean, you just look at it. Look at the Washington lineup. They they Look at the Washington lineup they rolled out against Garrett on Monday. Um, and I don't, even, I don't even know how that game, like, played out. But just looking at that lineup that they rolled out there makes me have interest in Sanchez at this price tag. Yeah, I like Sanchez as a pitcher. I was going to ask you what you thought the pitch count was because I was looking at the, the minor league stuff too, and he did, he hasn't gone over four innings from what I can tell. So you're probably in the right range there, seven, between 70 and 80. Definitely not fully stretched out. I don't think like I don't think you're getting six innings here, so you definitely need some strikeouts. And, and he has the ability, but Washington's offense doesn't strike out a ton either. Obviously, Soto being out would definitely be a boost to that. Um, I don't know. I, I prefer Howard. I know that I I'm not sure if I'm going to need two cheap pitchers on the, on the slate. We'll see if Howard comes in at, at half the ownership. Maybe I'm, I'm start looking for a pivot in this range. Sanchez is certainly a talented pitcher and Washington isn't an offense that scares me, especially without Soto. So I could get on board if I need it. I'm just not sure that I'm going to need it at this point. Yeah, I was pulling up. I was trying to pull it up really quick. Um, so he got sent down in May to a little bit and got stretched out to four innings and then got called back up back out of the bullpen. And then he got sent back down through four and three and two. It sounded like it went two, four, three, but the three he didn't um, didn't have the best game. Um, but, I mean, the strikeout stuff in the AAA has been solid. I don't – I was trying to pull up – pitch count it's it's such a pain in the butt if someone knows like 
an easy way to find pitch counts in minor league baseball. Yeah, minor league pitch counts and splits too are really tough to find. I know um, where to get splits. I'll tell you where to get splits. You just go okay. to I think it's milb.com and go to the player and you can look up the yeah. splits. Um But anyway, um so I four innings, maybe five innings. Um he he started earlier this year against Miami and he threw 65 pitches. I, I think 65 to 75, if I had to guess, I mean, you're, that's the price you're kind of paying for 5,200. But I mean, Garrett is not a great pitcher. He threw seven and a third, four strikeouts, one earned run, four hits against Washington on, on Monday morning, um, that 11, a, 11 a.m. game. I just, I mean, look at the lineup they rolled out there. It's just weak. So yeah. somewhat interested in Sanchez. It could get blown up too. Um, wouldn't shock me if it gets blown up here, but. Let's talk bats. Um, let's talk about these Washington bats. I mean, Josh Bell's 5K. Nelson Cruz is 4,500. Those are the two guys that, like, when they're facing a lefty, I'm going to have the most interest in. But, I mean, if I'm playing those two, I'm probably adding in, like, a Lane Thomas at 3,200 batting leadoff. But I think, again, like, this isn't, like, a full stack that I'm looking at. I think this would be another secondary stack. Yeah, I, I love the ballpark. Have to see what the weather is. If it's warm again and humid in Philly, like balls are going to be flying. You mentioned a big total. So I probably probably need to have some interest in Washington. I don't love the pricing here. Um, like Bell at 5K against a lefty. I prefer him on the other side of the plate. Cruz against the lefty. That's the side we want. But I don't love the price tag at 4,500 with what he's shown this season. Um, Ruiz, the catcher, I, I like him a good amount at 3,700. Lane Thomas, like that call, a good amount. He, he probably leads off against the lefty. So at 3,200, can definitely get on board with that. It's just, you talked about the lineup not having a ton of talent in it. That's kind of the problem with wanting to target them as an offense. I, I think there are a couple bats here. I just don't know if there's enough talent as a whole to want a full stack at great ballpark, big total, probably going to have to find a way to, to get some full stacks in, but um, it's Cruz and Ruiz for, for me and Thomas as well. I, I love that three man. Um, the five man gets a little dicey for me though. Philadelphia on the other side of this game, uh, looking at like Espino's numbers this season, he is more of a fly ball guy. He does give up a lot of hard contact. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, man, I haven't like sneezed or anything on a podcast in so long. <laughs> Anyway, um, I thought I mean, it was going to be me today. Probably still will be. I'm coming down <laughs> with something. This is a guy that gives us some home runs, so I I don't mind home run hunting against him here. Um, Schwarber, I think, would be the top of the list type of guy. Hoskins is 43. Castellanos is 38. I mean, there's some there's some cheaper bats here on the Philadelphia side. I, I mean. If Derek Hall hits towards the top of the lineup, he's 2,700. He has some pop. So I don't mind home run chasing here uh, against a guy like a guy like Espino. Um, I, I think that's solid. Yeah, I, I Philly is one of my top offenses of the day. Um, I think Espino is a fraud. I, I'm not buying what he's been doing. I know the numbers look really good, but I, I love Schwarber. He's one of my favorite plays on the slate. Uh, Hoskins and Castellanos are underpriced. I know Real Muto's had a really tough season. He's priced up a little bit, so I don't, I don't love him. Um, but the cheap bats that you mentioned, Derek Hall at 2,700, he's been batting in the middle of the order. Bryson Stott has showed 
some pop. He's only 2,500 and fills a second base position. So I, I have a, a good amount of interest in Philly. I think they, they touch up Espino here uh, for some home runs. I think because like the Washington bullpen is bottom five too. They're not a great bullpen. Yeah. So I think a Philly full stack is definitely warranted today. All right. We got the Yankees and the pirates eight and a half total here. Yankees, a two thirty favorite uh, tie on against Quintana. Any interest here in Jamison Tyon? It's the price. It's tough. Um, it's a great matchup against Pittsburgh, big ballpark upgrade going into Pittsburgh. Um, that's just he hasn't struck out a ton of guys this year 19.8 percent strikeout rate the control has been phenomenal he's had a good season overall he doesn't go super deep into games so it's tough to pay 10k for a non-elite strikeout pitcher who doesn't go terribly deep into games but this is a matchup where i could see him getting extended a little bit um he could he could go seven shutout innings in 85 pitches in this one it, that would not surprise me at all I think there's more upside elsewhere on the slate. I think he's a, a safer option. Um, he probably has a really good outing here, but I, I am a little bit concerned about the strikeouts. I mean, the upside, I think, is my biggest issue at the price. Um, Pittsburgh lineup better, too. You know, we, we've talked about that a lot over the last month or even the last couple of weeks. Like, they made a lot of big call-ups. They have a lot of their prospects up. More free-swinging. The strikeouts are still there for – tie on in this matchup maybe even higher than it was um but i mean the damage is there you know cruz uh, madras reynolds has been you know playing a lot better ever since they you know kind of got some support around him a little bit so i think it's uh, you know the concern is real this game's in pittsburgh so ballpark upgrade like you mentioned um yeah i mean at the end of the day tyon's nine and one he has a great chance to win this game like he does every start but I mean, he hasn't gone six innings since the, the June 2nd. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think, the biggest concern. Like, he was on a stretch there where he was just dominating. And his one, like, dominating start was against Toronto. And he got in a little bit of trouble in that fifth inning. And they yanked him with five and two-thirds. So, quick leash. Um is he in play? Yes. I mean, he's facing Pittsburgh. He has strikeout upside. He's solid in Pittsburgh. Does he win? Probably. Um, Quintana on the other side of this game, Jose Quintana is just not someone that I typically like to pick on or like to play, but I have zero interest in him today going up against the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, he, he's had a decent season. I think, He's been a little bit lucky, but I'm, I'm not planning against these Yankees power bats. Um, there's just there's too much force on the other side um, and not enough strikeout upside to warrant taking the risk on a full slate. So I agree. I'm, I'm out on Quintana. I mean, he's definitely benefited a little bit from the ballpark. His numbers um, have been solid at home this season. My biggest issue is just the XFIP type of numbers. The strikeout rate against righties just comes way down. Um 1.3 whip like everything that you look at with Quintana against righties is just he, this dude has a 13% hard hit rate and 26% soft contact rate against lefties so 13% hard to soft contact ratio negative like that is that's a that's like beyond elite um type of numbers but against righties 
he's at 32% hard hits and only 21% soft. So still generating some soft contact. And like, that's what he does. He has like a cutter change or change up, like sinking fastball combo. So I always struggle to pick on him because of the pitch, like selections that he has and stuff. But the Yankees are such a good offense. They're in play against anybody. But they're not my top top offense today. Uh, do I think they're solid? Yeah, I mean, you got a ton of right-handed power against Jose Quintana, and he's not going to have big strikeout stuff. It's just you got to dig a little bit, look at some pitch data and ball data for these Yankees and how they perform against cutters and, like, sinking fastballs and stuff because Quintana is just going to load him up with that. He's going to try to generate ground balls. And I would definitely – this is, like – I don't mind lefty-lefty Rizzo, but this is a spot I would not lefty-lefty Rizzo. Quintana is a lead against left-handed hitters. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Like, I like the Yankees. They're not one of the top stacks on the slate for me. The ballpark is is one of the things. Um, Pittsburgh plays pretty tough on right-handed power. Now, the Yankees have some of the most elite right-handed power in the game. So, absolutely still on play. You can always play Judge and Stanton. Um, I believe it's Stanton that hits sinkers really well. I'll, I'll have to dig into that, but I'm pretty sure Stanton is, is a lead against sinkers. So like you said, dig into some of that pitch data. Um, I think chasing a home run here is, is the better way to go than the full stack. Um, Donaldson is underpriced. I'd, I'd love to see his profile against Quintana's arsenal. Um, Torres at, at 4K, I don't mind. Uh, Trevino has been really good for, for the Yankees as well. Um so I think there's there's a stack in here if you want it. Um, I, I do agree with you. I want to look at some of the, the pitch data and kind of dig in. Um, I'm pretty sure Judge struggles against sinkers and Stanton is a lead against them. But like I said, don't don't quote me on that. I'll have to look it up for, for certain. And like, you know, Pittsburgh bullpen, not great. So if this game was in Yankee Stadium and you were only expecting Quintana to go four or five innings in this game, you'd load up oh, on this load, spot. Yeah, yeah. But this ballpark, like you said, so tough on right-handed power bats. Um, I don't really have a ton of interest in Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm not going to talk you off of playing like uh, Cruz or Reynolds or Madras or any of these like bats if like you end up in that range. Um, because it, like Tyon's been good, but he hasn't been elite. And these guys are pretty cheap and they have tremendous upside and ceiling and talent. But I, I mean, Cruz is 3,900 at shortstop. That's a position that. 3900 for a guy with his skill set. I mean, I think that's super solid. Yeah, I, I like Cruz as a one-off. Reynolds' price is kind of up there. I, I definitely don't want to stack against Tyon. I think he's a very talented pitcher. Um, good control. So I don't mind Cruz as a one-off, but I'm, I'm not looking to stack Pittsburgh here. All right, we got Tampa Bay at Boston. This is one of the games we'll be looking for Kevin Ross weather report. Um, not looking great night before, but I mean, it's weather and anything can happen. Nine total in this game. The Red Sox are 130 favorite. Uh, it sounds like Jeffrey Springs will get activated and start this game. Um, so, yeah, we're expecting him to pitch here. And then on the Boston side, we got Nick Pavetta starting for them. So let's start here with Springs. He's 9,700. I mean, that is my biggest thing here. Springs has shown tremendous talent and upside, especially against righties. He's done a great job with his strikeout stuff, limiting power against righties. 
but seven is 9,700. It's such a tough price tag against such a good offense and such a bad ballpark. And if there's going to be potential weather too, it's just, I don't see myself using Jeffrey Springs in this spot. Yeah. 9,700 is a really tough price tag in this spot. I like Jeffrey Springs a lot. I think he's an incredibly talented pitcher. His changeup is an outstanding pitch for him. That's why he's really tough on right-handed batters. Um, so again, maybe we look into Boston's profiles a little bit, and if they really struggle against changeups, maybe he's a large field tournament option. Um, but Boston is just tough on left-handed pitching. The ballpark is great for right-handed power, um, which Boston has a ton of. So very tough spot for him. The price tag is too high. He did get up to 102 pitches his last time out, um, and he wasn't out for an injury or anything. He had a personal matters why he missed the last start, and it was only 10 days ago. So he should be fully stretched out and ready to go, to go deep here. I just I don't love the matchup, don't love the ballpark. Really tough spot for him, tough basket at 9,700. Yeah, I think it was like a family emergency or something um, for Jeffrey Springs. So, um, I mean, Boston's a top-five offense against left-handed pitching just about every stat, I think, except for home runs. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I end up on Springs today. He's really good against righties. Like, he's shown the skill set to be really good against righties. Like you said, the change-up. So, I mean, just kind of a first-glance look here, not, like, digging into it too deep. I mean, J.D. is amazing against change-ups. Trevor Story has a lot of power, hard hits, and – his whiff rate is actually really low against changeups. So at first glance, there's like not a, a ton of str- Mr. Springs. It, yeah. At first glance, <laughs> I mean, see what the lineup looks like, but I mean, the more I think about this, the more I might like really like JD Martinez, his number against changeup 450 Woba 326 ISO um, against changeup. His average hit distance is 293 feet on 41 changeups. So over the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I just – I mean, I, str- I struggle with the price. Uh, you know, that's the biggest thing for me on yeah. him. Um, and honestly, it's going to be the same thing here for Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta is 10-3. If Nick Pavetta is 8,300 here, I'm super interested because Tampa does strike out. There are some strikeouts in this lineup. They're getting a little bit healthier. Um, Wander Franco being back is a huge bump to this lineup. Um, Parodies has just been crushing the baseball. I I struggle with the price on Pavetta here. Um, Pavetta's solid, but, I mean, he's a fly ball pitcher in Fenway. I talk about this every time he takes the hill. And as a Red Sox fan, I still don't understand the pickup because, I mean, he continues to give up a bunch of home runs. He's given up, what, 10 home runs in 90, 94 innings this year, which isn't a terrible amount, but it's enough. Um, I, I just – 10-3 for Pavetta is a lot. That is a, that's a big price tag as well. Um, when I looked at the matchup, I thought maybe he'd be playable at that because it feels like he's been striking out a ton of guys this year. And maybe that's just because he's got double digits in two of his last five starts. Um, overall on the season, he's at 23.6%, which is just slightly better than league average. So it, it just, it felt like his strikeout rate would be higher than that. And maybe you could talk me into playing some Nick Pavetta at 10-3 against the a team that does strike out a fair amount. Like you said, with Franco being back though, Tampa Bay is, is a decent offense um, and a, and a tough ballpark here. So I might still have some in tournaments. I don't love the price. 
Um, there's kind of, there's several guys that are overpriced on, on the slate. We just talked about Tyon. Um, and the, like, there's no true ace on this slate. That, that is for certain. Um, and there's not a ton of upside. So I think Pavetta is one of those guys who could find an upside spot if everything clicked for him. Uh, we've seen the, the double digit strikeouts, like I mentioned in the recent past. So it's, it's in there somewhere, not a great spot to try to find it. I don't think in, in a tough park, uh, tough price tag as well, but maybe, maybe I'll sprinkle him in, in some large field tournaments, but definitely not one of my favorites. Yeah. Just, the bottom half of this lineup, there's a ton of strikeouts. So if you want to chase that, I mean, he could strike out eight guys in this if he can go six or seven innings here, he could strike out eight guys um, because of the bottom half of his lineup. And like, he is a guy that will throw a hundred pitches, hundred plus pitches. He is a guy that has double digit strikeout up, upside in any matchup. Um, I think my only, my other concern is like, you really want a right-handed heavy lineup and we know Tampa's going to platoon here um, and watch the weather. Um, I, I will say this about, um, springs just kind of going back to springs if xander bogarts is still out of the lineup in this one um he was out monday i think it was a thigh injury is what i read if he's still out they're gonna have to throw more lefties in this lineup if you get like four or five lefties in this lineup for springs i I definitely think i bump him up a little bit on my list but i mean let's talk about boston bats um man looking at the batted ball profile um JD looks super solid here. You know, I it's a boom bust spot. And he's so expensive, you're really gonna need him on that boom side. But honestly, the more I think about this, I the more I don't have a lot of interest in the Boston Bats. Um, the more I might actually like Springs. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking to the righties for the power. Um, I know Springs has been reverse splitsy, but it's because of that changeup. So exactly what you just did there and, and looked at guys who have had success against the change at Martinez and story. I think were the two you threw out there. I like them for sure. Um, the full stack though, like Springs is a talented pitcher. So I'm, I'm probably mostly home run hunting here uh, because of the ballpark. And uh, I skipped over the Tampa bats on accident. Um, but I actually have some interest in Franco and parties um, parodies. 4,200 for each of these guys. The talent level is just there. Um, I don't know if I full stack, but this might be another team that I kind of end up on like a three-man stack and chase one or two home runs um, against Pavetta. I mean, he he gives them up in the Boston bullpen, middle of the road. Um, so I don't mind maybe like a three-man stack here because it's two of the best hitters in this lineup are both cheap. Yeah, Franco is definitely underpriced. Um, Paredes, we'll see what he becomes. Um, he's shown a ton of power this season, though. That's that's for sure. Uh, and the, like the, there's going to be cheap bats in this lineup too, depending on on what they use as platoon and, and whatnot. But guys like Brujan and Walls fill infield spots and are really cheap. Um, Josh Lowe has been playing some outfield. He's minimum price. Brett Phillips is minimum price. Like there's going to be some cheap options to kind of help you fill out a stack too. But I do, I do really like Franco. He, he seems underpriced. All right. We got Cleveland at Detroit. This game is currently sitting at a nine total. The guardians, a one fifty five favorite Cal Quantrill going up against drew Hutchinson. Start here with Cal Quantrill. 
8,300. He's facing Detroit. Um, I I hate to say it, but I, I honestly don't mind him, I think, in this spot. Um, gosh, the Detroit lineup is just not good. Like, it's just not good at all. You know, obviously there's some talent that with Green at the top of that, that lineup, we're waiting to see how he's going to kind of shape up as a major league hitter. But I mean, Riley Green is a top, is one of the top prospects in this organization. So but the bad, I mean, the, after that, the lineup just gets so bad. Like Miggy, just no power anymore. And like now he's striking out at a huge clip. Cal Cronchill is not a huge strikeout guy, but I mean, he gets a bump in this matchup with all the strikeouts in this lineup and gosh, paying 8,300 for Cal Quantrill seems a little dirty, but I think he could get 20 plus in this matchup. Yeah, I don't hate it. And I, I hate Cal Quantrill as a pitcher. I think he, he is a fraud. I don't know how he gets away with, with some of the stuff that he does. Um, just no strikeouts. He pitches the contact all the time. And just never seems to get blown up. Um, he's gone deep into games. He's got a really good leash. And Detroit's offense is really bad, like you mentioned. But I don't know, 14.5% strikeouts. Um, even if you bump him up one or two because of the Detroit lineup, I'm, I still am struggling with it. I, I agree. It's a, it's a phenomenal matchup, one of the best you, could, you can ask for. I just I don't know that there's upside here. Like even even if everything goes well for him, can you see him with six or seven strikeouts? I'm just I'm not sure he gets there. I he's usually in that three or four range. Maybe he gets to five or or, or six if it goes really well. I don't know. Like I I fully agree he can go really deep in this game, probably seven or eight innings. But I'm still I still think you're looking at four or five strikeouts. I don't know if that gets it done for 8300. Yeah, I we'll think. See you really need him to have like one of those clean, like four strikeout seven or eight inning win type of games. Cause I, I, that's how he gets there. Right. He gets there with the innings. He gets there with the win. He gets there with not, you know, getting blown up. Um, so. Yeah. In the c- context of the slate, I kind of mentioned it already. There really isn't anyone that has massive upside on this slate. So at 8,300, he, he is b- very likely in play today. I just, I hate playing Cal Quantro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few guys that can go 30-plus on the slate. You know, Tyon, we're going to talk about Garcia. The more I think about Springs, he might have that 30-point upside. Michael Kopech, when he's on, he could put up 30-plus. Um, I think where Quantrill becomes interesting is if you decide, all right, I'm going to go under 9K with two pitchers here, still get good stacks and not pay up for one of these higher price pitching options and just go, go two middle-type pitchers. That's where I think Quantrill becomes a little interesting and if ian anderson wasn't so terrible this year this wouldn't even be a conversation and we're going to talk about ian anderson in the next game like literally the next game so we'll talk about it then but that's what makes the cal quantro like option so much more intriguing because of how bad ian anderson has been this season so um oh we have we have another picture in this game drew hutchinson um (laughs) He has not been good at all. Um, I I have zero arguments to to play him in this spot. Yeah, he, you can argue he's overpriced at six K matchup against Cleveland, lowest strikeout team in baseball. He's not striking anybody out. He's not going to go deep into the game. I, nope, no thank well, you. I me. mean, this was a dude that was released by this team. Like, 
a few weeks ago and like now he's back and he's gonna pitch so um he was like designated for assignment <laughs> he's, hey we need you to come back <laughs> come back and help us uh come back and get crushed by the the guardians on this spot um i mean the Gu- the guardians are on the road and they're gonna get those those nine innings here detroit has a great bullpen but if they're getting blown up here i don't know if you'll necessarily get that good bullpen it's a day after playing a double header so how refreshed is the bullpen anyway I kind of like the Indians or guardians in this spot. Um, just kind of thinking everything out and knowing just how bad Hutchinson is. Yeah. I, I love the guardians in this spot. Um, Jose Ramirez is one of the top options on the slate. I don't know why he's priced under five, under five K he's 4,900. That's a thousand dollars too cheap. He's one of the best hitters in baseball and the matchup is phenomenal. Um, it, We'll have to see about Josh Naylor. He left the first game of the doubleheader with an injury and did not play in the second game. So I don't know if that was rest or if he's actually pretty banged up. Um, if he's was in back that, spasms, I remember yeah. reading a tweet about it. Yeah, hopefully they can get that under control by this game and he's good to go because him at 3,900 is a phenomenal option. Um, Stephen Kwan is a guy like in a stack, not, not a big power guy, but especially if he's hitting at the top of the order. Franmil Reyes is underpriced for his power. Um, Jimenez has had a pretty decent year. He's 3,900. Very rated hitter. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. He was a good prospect, too. He was the main piece for the for Lindor when they traded yep. Lindor. Um, but, yeah, just I like this Cleveland offense up and down. I think the pricing is good. Underpriced at the top with Ramirez and love Naylor and Reyes for their prices as well. Yeah, I mean, Reyes in this spot with a low strikeout pitcher, you have to have a ton of interest in him. Um, I like I like Cleveland a lot in this spot. Like, I think you could kind of stay away from maybe like Rosario and Quan because they don't necessarily give you the ceiling. They give you the – they're going to put the ball in play for sure. But you could really kind of build out a really strong stack with Ramirez, Reyes, Jimenez, if Naylor's in there. And then maybe like a, a like a quant or something as like a fifth piece. But the thing I also like about Cleveland here is just way underpriced. Um, like you mentioned, Ramirez, Ramirez and Mookie Betts are just incredibly underpriced again today. So, um, Detroit, they're so bad. I, I mean, you want I, Green is twenty five hundred. He should hit leadoff. I have interest in him. This dude's been getting four or five at bats in that leadoff spot almost every night you know, the opportunity at 2,500 and the talent. Um, so I, I think like Riley green is someone you could take shots on here. Like, again, this is like a top five prospect in all of baseball. He's huge, huge power guy that really hasn't shown a ton of it yet, but the, the prospects for him are, are massive. So, um, I, I like him in this spot. Yeah, I, I like the green call. I can definitely get on board with that at, at this price. Should bat at the top of the order. Love that one. Don't want to pick on Quantrill really outside of that. I just I don't know how this guy succeeds, but he continues to do it. So I've cut him to the point. It's it's all these Cleveland pick, pitchers, really. Um, Plesak is kind of the same. Savali's kind of the same. They just find a way to get outs. Um, they don't strike out a ton of guys. They just they induce soft contact and and make it through six or in, six innings or so rather unscathed. So I'm, Detroit just doesn't have enough talent for me to want to try to pick on Quantrill here. All right, moving on. We got St. Louis at Atlanta. 
shaking my head still about the Kyle Wright thing. Um, I have one good lineup tonight. It has Kyle Wright and Julio Urias with a Toronto stack and like the one-offs all homered, I think. Um, and of course, gotta love it. Um, oh, two of the one-offs homered. Sorry. And Urias is 21 right now. But anyway, untilting, nine total, nine and a half some places. Braves a 145 favorite here. Andre Palante pitching for St. Louis in this one. And then Ian Anderson pitching for St. or for Atlanta. Um, let's start here with Palante. Do you have any interest in him against the Braves? Another guy that's put up some really good surface numbers that I'm just not sure are real. Um, strikeouts are way down. Not, not a big strikeout pitcher at all. Very much a ground ball guy. Now Atlanta has struck out a ton this year. 6,400 is, is an okay price. I just, I don't know that there's upside even, even with the strikeouts in the Atlanta offense. Um, Palante's getting stretched out. He's been at 90 or more in the last two. Just there's, there's a ton of power in this Braves offense and, and they've been on a tear here recently. They're putting up runs in bunches. So I don't think I'll get to Palante. I think the problem for him in this spot is Atlanta has a lot of fly ball guys. Um, and I mean, this dude, for what it's worth, this guy, while a lot of his surface numbers are bad or he's got some skills. Yeah. Not, I mean, he's strikeout skills, but ground ball skills for sure. Big time ground ball guy. I mean, like we, we've seen this over the, over the years, like this is like not necessarily a DFS guy you want to play, but I mean, he has like a sinking fastball. He throws like 95 and he has an above average, like it's like a sliding curveball, And I'm pretty sure he's 10th in the St. Louis organization as far as prospects are concerned. He is very good at generating ground balls. Um, and it's so hard to predict these types of pitchers. And we, we've seen it for years with like a guy like Marco Gonzalez comes to mind. Yep. Um, good example. The numbers don't necessarily make sense, but he doesn't typically get blown up. And like Kyle Hendricks is another guy like off the top of my head. And you're a Cubs fan. Like for years, like Kyle's num- Kyle Hendricks numbers didn't make sense. And now like, getting towards the end of his career, he can't generate those ground balls anymore and he's getting crushed. Um, So I don't think I play him in this spot, but to some, some people's beliefs, I don't know how much I really want to stack Atlanta in this spot too. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, All right. Let's talk Ian Anderson. He has been awful this year and I mean, this is a guy that we know the ceilings there. We know he's capable of big games. I, I struggle here because I mean, St. Louis just doesn't strike out. And like the easy answer is just fade Ian Anderson and, and maybe even stack St. Louis in this game. I think that's the answer. I don't know if that's contrarian or what Keith, but talk me off of like wanting to stack St. Louis and fading Ian Anderson here. You're not going to hear that from me because I've been banging the Ian Anderson drum for several starts now, and it is it is blown up in my face big time. I I talked about his start against the Cubs. He it looked like he had started to figure some things out. He had six strikeouts and two walks, only allowed three hits in six and two thirds inning. It's like okay, this is Ian Anderson. We know we know he's a talented guy. He's had success in the majors before. He's turned a corner. Then he goes out there against the Dodgers. And I mean, it's the Dodgers. You don't expect him to, to be great. 
he makes it through four innings. He gives up four earned runs, but he does strike out six guys. Struggled with with the walks. He walked four guys. I'm like, okay, that still is encouraging enough. So I wrote him up in my article against Philly. I was like, Philly strikes out a bunch. He's been really good his last two times out, despite giving up a couple of runs against a really good Dodgers offense. And he goes out there against Philly and just gets absolutely destroyed. So I don't know what to do with this guy. I think there's talented talent in there. I, I need to see it from him before I, I have any interest in chasing him anymore, um, especially against a really good offense like St. Louis. They don't strike out much. I'm, I'm with you. I like the St. Louis side of this one. I mean, this dude's allowed at least four in runs in six of his last eight starts. The walk rate, the inability to strike people out this season. The swinging strike rate is still solid. Like, that's the that's this thing that gets me with Ian Anderson is the swinging strike rate is still solid. And, and the like, velocity is there. That is, like, I, I wrote several hundred words on on how he was still the same pitcher um, so that he could go out there and get blown up for seven in runs against Philly. So, yeah, he, he is uh, a guy I'm struggling with for sure. I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm going to go and look at his spin rates after the stuff came out where you couldn't use sticky stuff anymore. I wonder if that, if he's one of the guys that like it affected. Um, and be. again, I still think sticky stuff should be legal for what it's worth. Um, I mean, I pitched for a long time and we all did it, especially in Florida. I mean, you can't grip a baseball. It's so hot and your hands are so sweaty. Um, and you love those coaches that are like, just let it float in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're on the bench coaching. And not... <laughs> I mean, um, all right. So, I mean, the St. Louis stack, like, like I said, Ian Anderson's the guy you want to stack against. This is a guy that has struggled with walks. Big innings, like the last start against Philadelphia is exactly what you're kind of hoping for when stacking against him. Um, he allowed seven earned runs in two innings. And one, I think it was Castellanos who hit a bomb against him, but I've been sacking against Ian Anderson a lot this season, and I'm not going to stop with St. Louis in Atlanta on the road. Um, the talent in this lineup is fantastic. I think St. Louis is one of the top sneaky contrarian stacks on the slate. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like St. Louis a ton. Uh, Goldschmidt is putting together an MVP caliber season. Win it, baby. Always- I have so many. I have three. I have three one-of-one one Goldschmidt baseball cards. I would love to see him nice. win MVP because I'd sell all three of them. <laughs> love it. Yeah, he, I mean, he's coming up to the end of the career. This might be yeah, the last this big This would be it, baby. Let's unload. go. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you've got the talented young guys in there, too, who are, who are pretty cheap. Gorman and Yepes, two talented hitters. Donovan's come back down to earth a little bit, but still fine. Carlson at 3,400. There's some talent there. Um against a pitcher like Anderson, I'm, I, I fully agree. I love St. Louis in the spot. And they're not like overly expensive. Like you got to pay up for Goldschmidt and that's fine. You got to pay up for Arenado. I mean, Edmund is okay, but he's, he's the guy that I typically will leave off of my St. Louis stacks because he's not cheap and not a huge home run guy. Um, I mean, he does get on base. He does have a lot of solid games night in and night out, but he's typically the guy that I leave off and I like to go um, down a little bit like Donovan. Yep. Is um, type of guys and Gorman um, Gorman. I, Gorman has some pop, man. Second yep. baseman with some pop. You love that. Like how many, how many years did we play Robinson Cano all the time because he had so much pop, but um, Atlanta, I, this is where I I'm struggling with Atlanta today because this guy is such a talented ground ball guy. And Ozuna, I mean, Swanson, Olsen, uh, 
Darno, like these are guys that have good fly ball rates, um, but they're very neutral hitters with a ton of hard contact rates. So I struggle with Atlanta here. So, I mean, the easy answer, Keith, is stack or fade. Um, but I think that's kind of what I'd be looking at. I don't think this is necessarily a spot that I'd want one-offs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, they're, they're pricey is, is the biggest problem. Because so they've the been full- crushing yeah, they oh my, they're putting up tons of runs every every single day. So it makes sense. Swanson, another guy who I mean, he is exploding at just the right time, right before he's set to hit free agency. He's finally figured it out. Austin Riley has been amazing. We know what Acuna can do. Darno is having a phenomenal season, but all those guys are over five k. It, it's a tough stack to get to. Um, love the talent. Love what they've been doing. I just against a ground ball pitcher with with decent control. It's I agree. I'm, I'm pretty lukewarm on it too, despite I think they're one of the t- most talented offenses in baseball. I mean, they're going to have one of the highest implied team totals on the slate um, for what it's worth. And they're probably going to be popular. I mean, I just I refreshed a lot of the books and I mean, they're it's nine and a half and it's 150 everywhere, Atlanta. So well, it's a big number. Um, I was looking, I was looking really quick to see if like there was any places that had Cardinals like plus one and a half for like 130, and there's not yet. I hope this game continues to move. I don't mind that today. All right, moving on. We got Minnesota at Chicago taking on the White Sox nine total in this game. White Sox a 130 favorite. We got Archer against Kopech. Any interest here in Chris Archer? No, he is uh, not going deep into games. He just he doesn't have the same skills. Um, White Sox don't strike out very much. I, I don't want to play Archer. And I don't even know if it's a pitch count limit with him. I really think it's an innings limit. I, I like he's had some games this year where he's been at five pitches or five innings and they've just yanked him under 80 pitches. And then, like his last start out against Cleveland, he was in the fourth and they let him go 90. So I think it's more of a pitch like inning inning limit i don't think it might be times times through the order like maybe they only let him go two times through the order and then he's just done like i think they're doing the same thing with bundy because i was looking into bundy's pitch count a little bit on monday night and he same thing like he would just randomly have this 60 pitch outing where he was in like the fifth inning and they they just pull him so yeah it's it's innings or times through the order one of the two but they've got they've got some data on that that they're that's how they're treating these guys for sure but yeah i don't want to play chris archer um white Sox they're getting some of their main ingredients back um so i do want to play Kopech today um from a ceiling perspective at 8800 i mean his floor is like negative five but his ceiling is like 35 so at 8800 on a slate where i've already said it i don't think there's like a legit like elite ace on this slate i mean there's good pitchers don't get me wrong but I don't know. There's not one guy that I'm like, oh, he's going to go out and he's going to dominate this game. So there's strikeouts in this Minnesota lineup. I mean, they're a team that does walk, and that's always concerning for a guy that struggles with control. I hope he gets a good umpire. I think that would be a nice boost to him. But either way, I'm chasing the ceiling here. Um, at the end of the day, I know it could go wrong, but, I mean, there's nothing safe on this slate. And he's 8,800. So what are your thoughts on Kopech? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think you covered it perfectly. Um, I'm chasing the strikeout upside. Like his strikeout rate hasn't been elite this year, but we know this guy has elite stuff, was an elite prospect, throws near triple digits, um, really good breaking ball. Minnesota is not an offense I typically like to target, but like 
8,800 with his strikeout upside. Um, it, it's in there somewhere. I'm, I'm going to chase it again. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much else to add. I, I, he's my favorite tournament play unless he, he gets too popular, but I'm going to, I'm going to be looking to Kopech early and often. Yeah. I mean the, the strikeout stuff and he has good strikeout stuff against lefties too. And I mean, they're going to probably throw four or five lefties at him in this spot, but again, it's more of just chasing the ceiling than anything else. Um, as far as the Minnesota bats go, I mean, Buxton's in play every single day. Um, he's staying healthy. He has 21 home runs on the season. He's, he's doing well. Um, I think this is another spot that I would probably stack or fade. I don't think I'm going to one-off Buxton at 6,200 against a, a talented pitcher. We know Kopech can walk guys. Um, this would be a, a stack or fade spot for me. Yeah. Kopech has control issues. I, I think you can absolutely stack against him. Um, Especially if he gets a lot of ownership. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what I say. Like, if he is gaining steam on this slate, then I, I can totally see flipping this and having more, more exposure on the Minnesota side because there, there are other pitchers I like on the slate. Um, but, yeah, it's Buxton, it's Correa, it's Kepler. Um, Kirilov is a guy I'm going to play at 2,500. Uh, I think, like, I definitely don't mind – stacking against Kopech because of the control issues. He's, he's had some hard contact issues this year as well. So if he's going to be popular, I'll, I'll be on the Minnesota side of this. White Sox against Archer. This is another team I don't mind stacking um, because, I mean, the main pieces of the stack outside of, like, Robert and Anderson are, are pretty cheap. Abreu's 4,400. Um, Pollock's 3,600. If he's in there, Sheets is 2,700. Uh, they've been catching that Shelby uh, Zavala guy, and he's – I mean, he's 3K. He's been hitting the ball really well, so if he's in the lineup, I don't mind picking on Archer. Archer doesn't have that, like, dominating strikeout stuff that he had at the beginning of his career. He gives up a ton of hard contact, so I don't mind the White Sox here. Yeah, I like it as well. The pricing is is really attractive. Robert's worth that 5,100 tag. Anderson's worth that 5K tag. Abreu probably a little bit underpriced at 4,400. Mankata at 2900 it's been a rough season for him but that's a that's a really talented guy for for free basically um sheets at 2700 I, I love so it's pretty easy to fit in those top bats when you can put in a couple of two or three k guys with to go with them pretty affordable stack all right Kansas City at Houston eight total in this game the Astros a big 250 favorites um Granky against Garcia we're not playing Zach Granke against Houston, right? Nope. <laughs> yeah. 12% K rate guy against one of the lowest strikeout rates uh, teams in baseball. It would be a huge fluke in my opinion. Um, Garcia, another guy, 9,500. He has strikeout ability. He has strikeout upside. There's some strikeouts in this lineup. They're kind of a mixed lineup as far as strikeouts. Um, he kind of fits the build for, you know, Eight-plus strikeout type ceiling game. Um, he's another guy that I don't mind taking some shots on here. Um, super encouraging that last time out against the Yankees, they let him go 100 pitches. That was the first time this season that he's gone over 100 pitches. So uh, that was good to see finally. Yeah, Garcia is the reason I don't think Kopech uh, gets terribly popular. Uh, I think he is the safer option against this Kansas City team without Sal Perez. Um, just a little bit easier matchup. He's he's been in better form than Kopech. The strikeout rate is actually above Kopech's this year. So 
I think Garcia is the guy that, that most will look to first. Um, I'll play the ownership game with those two guys. I, I like both of them. I think they're both going to do well here. Um, it, it, it'll be very possible to play them together as well. Like there, there's always going to be those two K bats. We've talked about a couple really talented young guys like Riley green uh, and Gavin sheets and Yuan Mankata in the last game. Like there are plenty of ways to make two nine K pitchers work. Um, so it's, it's quite possible both of them end up catching some ownership here, but I think they're two of the top options on the slate. Garcia's right there with Kopech for me. Uh, Kansas City bats. I really don't have a ton of interest in Kansas City with Wit being so expensive. Um, who's the oh, who's the guy they called up uh, that's been playing? Um, Pascantino. Yeah, he. I mean, he definitely has some power and some pop. He's 2,200, so if you want to take a shot on him, I, I don't even mind one-offing him. Even if you're playing Garcia on that lineup, I don't think there's danger at that price to do that. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, guy at 2,200, that's and a solo home run doesn't kill your pitcher, so be totally fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like playing hitters against my pitcher, especially on a 12-game slate, so I probably don't do it. But, I mean, at 2,200, he's just an option. Um, Houston against Granky, though. Oh, man. <laughs> One of my top stacks on the slate today, Zach Granke is a guy that he just he's just out there throwing balls. I mean, Zach Granke, th- there's argument like that he might be a Hall of Famer, and, and like I think the argument is is there. Um, I mean, he's done it for so long. Like, how long has Zach Granke been pitching? Um, it's 15 years, I think, at least probably. You, you, okay, so I know how many it is. You think it's 15? This dude's 38 uh, years old. He's been pitching in the big. <laughs> since he was 20, so 18 since years Since he was ago. 20. He's been pitching yeah. for 18 years. And I, he has, I, I recalled him making his debut at 20 for some reason. It's so crazy how many um, seasons that he has 200 innings to. Um, one, two, yep. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine seasons with 200 innings. That's impressive, man. Um, all right. Yeah, I like Houston a lot. I, I think this is a great stack today. We know Houston not a huge strikeout team. We know Granky's not a huge strikeout pitcher. He does give up a ton of hard contact to both sides of the plate. Um, yeah, I, this is a full-on stack for me. I like Houston a lot today. Yep, I'm right there with you. Um, just giving up a ton of hard contact at this point in his career. Um, yeah, don't don't have much else to add. You got to pay for him, man. Um, I mean, when you're building the Houston stack, you're probably trying to get three studs and trying to fit in like two of the mid-tier guys, but they're expensive, but I think they have the ceiling to win you a slate. Yep. Cubs at Milwaukee taking on the Brew Crew here. Uh, nine total in this game. The Brewers are 140 favorite. We got Hendricks. <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. Um, going up against Jason Alexander in this one. Any interest in Kyle Hendricks here? No. Um, he has actually looked pretty good his last two times out, but the, he just doesn't have the strikeout ability anymore. I say that, and then I look at his game log, and he's been at six Ks or more in the last four. That he's throwing like eighty-eight miles an hour. Milwaukee's a good the, offense. Look at the four teams that he did it against: right-handed heavy offenses, and actually, Milwaukee is a right-handed heavy offense. We might need to rethink this because, like, my first initial opinion too was like, "Oh, I need no chance on playing Hendricks," and like. He's actually been pretty good against righties. I mean, he's been good against righties throughout his career. 
I don't know. Um, I'm probably they not still, going to do it. They still have Tellez and Yelich. I know Yelich isn't what he was. Colton Wong is back now. There's there's some lefties in that that Milwaukee lineup. Whoever catches Narvaez or Caratini. Yeah, so. probably enough lefties to not make me want to do yeah. it. Yeah. I Okay, I'm going back to my original thought. My original thought was no <laughs> chance. Um, <laughs> that was my That was my original thought here. Uh, the other side of this game, Alexander, like this dude just hasn't shown any strikeout ability whatsoever. Um, the Cubs are a free swinging offense, but if you can't strike them out, you're going to struggle. He's been kind of like pitching in this like bullpen type of role. Um, I don't know. It sounds like he's going to be plugged back in here. I think he goes 80 pitches max. And I just, I mean, he's not a huge strikeout guy, so I don't really have a ton of interest in him. Yeah, very similar profile to Palante, who we talked about earlier with the Cardinals. He's a, he's a big ground ball guy, but yeah, he's he's not going to go much past eighty pitches. Um, yeah, just there's no upside here because of the strikeouts. He's he's just going to pitch to contact and try to keep it on the ground. All right, let's talk bats here. Um, what's standing out to you for the Cubs today? Anytime you get a guy trying to keep it on the ground, I want guys that are trying to hit it in the air. That's going to be wisdom and Hap Contreras. Um, Contreras did leave early, but I, I think he he's fine. Um, that game was going into extra innings, and he, he just got pulled for the 10th. So um, hamstring tightness it was, but should he should be fine. He'll be back in there, so I like him. Um, but I, I'm chasing fly ball hitters here who, who can hit home runs. Um, Suzuki back as well, but his price is already up to 5,300. So real, wisdom at 4,400 and Hap at 4,100 are really the two that are standing out to me. Yeah, I mean, if if Contreras doesn't play, you, you get Jan Gomes at like twenty five hundred. Um, yeah. My one of my favorite hitters here. I hate the price tag, but I love Suzuki at fifty three hundred. He's a massive fly ball hitter um, going up against that ground ball pitcher. So, I this is another stack I think you could play today. Um, another full on stack because I mean, outside of Suzuki, it's not like especially if Contreras doesn't play. You know, you're getting then you're potentially getting even better lineup spots for some of these guys. Like we might see wisdom move up into like the three hole and hat move up to that two hole or something. And if that happens, the stack just becomes so much more appealing and Morel is cheap at 3,500 potentially batting lead off here. So yeah, I like the Cubs a lot in this spot. Um, as far as the brewers go, I think it's probably more of like a three man stack for me. Um, obviously I like Telus at 4,500 going up against Hendricks. Yelich is someone I like. Hendricks has struggled against this team this season. Um, and I mean, these two teams, they play each other so much that they've seen Hendricks so much over the years. Um, what are your thoughts here on the brew crew? Yeah, it's, it's the lefties. I want Tellez probably hits a home run here off Hendricks. Um, I, for some reason, I feel like Colton Wong has absolutely destroyed Hendricks throughout his career. Um, I, I don't really believe in BVP. It's um, a thing. But what, yeah, I mean, when they face each other this much, like when you have division <laughs> rivals and two guys who have been in the league for a long time, like you have to take notice after so many at-bats. Um, and that's I'm going off strictly by memory. I could be wrong on that, but I, I, I'm targeting lefties here. It's Tellez first. I like Yelich. Wong is is underpriced. Um, and then whoever's catching, probably no Reyes. Wong has crushed Kyle Hendricks. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's 20 for, remembers here. 20 for 55. <laughs> Um, he has crushed him and Christian Yelich and Andrew McCutcheon have actually crushed him or hit him well. Um, yeah, listen, BVP is a thing. I know people hate it, but it's a thing. Like if a guy's it's comfortable, a, it's a thing when there's enough to, 
to discern that there's what's a, like enough a though in there. exactly that's what we don't know and that's yeah. why it's so hard to to take it into account i mean yeah and, and like so uh, we're not going to get too much into this everyone knows where my thoughts are i think bvp is a thing but a lot of the times a lot of the times and i'd say it's probably like 80 plus percent of the time the ball profile like batted ball profile and, and like pitch ball profile stuff matches like the BVP stuff. And that's, and we all use that. So yeah. Anyway, San Francisco at Arizona, no total in this game. It does sound like it is going to be Tyler Gilbert getting called up for this game. It hasn't happened. So there's no line out. Alex Wood going to be pitching for San Francisco in this spot. Uh, we'll start with him. We saw Carlos Radon struggle um, against this Arizona lineup and, I mean, when the lineup came out, you were you were kind of excited for Carlos Rodon um, on, on the slate on Monday because the bottom half of the lineup looked terrible and there was a ton of strikeouts in the lineup and he just didn't pitch well. And I'm I struggle here with Alex Wood because at 9200, he just really hasn't had that like ceiling um, this season. A, a quality start here is solid, but I don't think I play Alex Wood at 9200 today. Yeah, I, I have interest in, in Wood. Um, Arizona's pretty left-handed heavy. There's pro- You're probably going to see like Rojas and Varsho, um, maybe Thomas, the other left-handed, the young left-handed outfielder. Like they're going to have to play three or four lefties, I think, here. Wood has some talent. I know he hasn't had the best year, um, and Rodon just, just struggled, and I hope that keeps people away from Wood. Rodon just hasn't looked quite right over his last I don't know, five or six starts. He's had a couple really good ones mixed in, um, but he's struggled as well in some of them. So I think there's just something going on with Rodon, and this is this is a pretty good matchup for Wood, in my opinion. I don't love the price tag. Uh, the strikeout rate isn't elite, like you mentioned. It's been down 22% this season. I, I definitely prefer Garcia. I definitely prefer Kopech, but Wood's going to be in the conversation for me. I, I think he can have a pretty decent outing here. So you don't think they'll roll out the same lineup they rolled out on Monday with only the two lefties? Um, I'll have to pull that up again. Um, they used so um, Kennedy. They called up Hummel or some some And Hummel hit yeah, second. That's yeah. why. Yep. I was thinking um, they were very left-handed, heavy in the outfield with Thomas, uh, Peralta, uh, Pavin Smith, but you're, they did call up Hummel, so they platooned him out yesterday. I suppose they could do that again. Yeah, I just, I mean, we don't know how good or bad Hummel is yet, but, I mean, he's he's probably actually a bump because he is a massive ground ball hitter with a ton of strikeout upside. So, I mean, maybe he's even a bump for Wood, but I struggle – with wood and the ceiling that he's just had this season more than anything else. And then Gilbert on the other side of this game, I mean, he's a lefty San Francisco is going to platoon big time. And this dude has struggled big time with right-handed hitters. I have no interest in him in this spot. No, me either. He's, he's not very good. And so there's I actually, cheaper pitchers I prefer. I actually like the giants here because they're cheap. I think you can use them as like a, a secondary stack and just kind of save some money. Ruff, Flores, Longoria. Um, you know, if you use Ruff in the outfield, Flores at second and Longoria at third. I mean, that's going to open up a ton for you when you're trying to stack. Or if you want to even go Slater hitting leadoff here at 3,100, you could go, oh, Chris Casale, um, I forgot he got hurt 
my bad. Uh, I was about to say Kurt Casale because he would have been a nice fit as well um, for this spot because he's he's a guy that's been crushing left handed. Who's going to catch for them? Do they call it? Did they? Well, I didn't see the Casale injury. Was it bad? Maybe they call it Bart again. That that would be. I think they already like ruled him out. Out. I think it was like an elbow strain so. injury. I'm going to so, quickly pull up who they replaced uh, right, him with. Right oblique. So yeah, that could be considerable i don't know what the what the status of joey bard is but he's minimum price with big time power if they go that route again i know he wasn't good earlier in the year but big big prospect so um it looks like wins caught austin wins caught when um casali left the game yeah that makes sense He's but they'll still want to add a, a second catcher, I believe, if they're putting Caselli on. But yeah, wins could be the guy that, that draws the start. Oh, give me Joey Bart, man. Yeah, that'd be great. I might look at it like a four or five man if San Francisco does that. Maybe like a four four if that happens. I don't know. Um, I like the Arizona bats here too. I know you liked Alex Wood, and I, and I hear you um, on him. But I'm going to go back to the, the same guys that I kind of talked about yesterday against Rodone if you wanted to get contrarian. And I mean, Luplo, I think, is a fantastic option today. He just he hits left-handed pitching really well. He stayed in the big leagues because of how well he hits left-handed pitching, and he's he's twenty one hundred hitting leadoff here. Um, he's extremely cheap, so I have some interest in him. I have interest in Walker as well. Probably a three man if I do anything, or like a two man stack for Arizona here. But I don't know if I want to play Hummel. Uh, just everything I've kind of seen on him, but the other guy like buddy Kennedy is two K. So if you wanted to go like Luplo Kennedy Walker, you could do anything you want with pitching in your other stack because you have two guys that are almost min salary. So um, that's why I like Arizona against wood here. Yeah. Carson Kelly is also a minimum price catcher who Jeez, has at times tough. he has hit at the top of the order at times. So yeah, these Arizona bats are extremely cheap outside of kettle Marte. Uh, love Walker at 3,700. Love Leplo at 2,100. He's so cheap. <laughs> yeah, those, like those two right there are ridiculous. And then um, Kelly at, as a minimum price catcher. I am all about that three man. I, you could talk me into adding Hummel and um, Kennedy as well at near minimum price to make this an extremely cheap stack. Pay off for whatever pitching, pay up for whatever pitching and whatever one offs you want. So, yeah, I, I can get on board with that for sure, even though I do like Wood a little bit in the spot. Yeah, it's more of you're just playing the pricing game at that point um, yep. than anything else. All right, we got Toronto at Oakland. Eight total. The Blue Jays are 190 favorites. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi going up against Martinez. Let's talk Yusei Kikuchi. 7,800. They're going to platoon against him a lot in this spot. And honestly, that might help him. Um, he's a guy that gives up a lot of power to righties and a lot of hard contact to righties. But I mean, he is reverse splits when it comes to strikeouts. Uh, he uses, he, for some reason, he doesn't use it against lefties, but he uses a, a changeup against righties. And it's actually like his highest whiff rate type of pitch. So I think, again, like he's probably going to give up a run or two against Oakland, and Oakland's terrible. But I think looking at the changeup data, especially for these righties that should be in the lineup today, I think Kikuchi is actually very in play here at 7,800. 
Yeah, I thought I thought he was going to be a little bit sneaky. The matchup probably made. Come on, Keith. Not, not I've been so. doing this since <laughs> 2009, bro. Yeah, he's he's in a, like he's been good his last two times out too, and this is as good of a matchup as as it gets for lefty. Um, Oakland has been just brutal strikeouts. Um, I think he's underpriced here. I think this is a great matchup. Huge ballpark upgrade going into Oakland. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on board. All right. Um, Adrian Martinez on the other side of this game. Any interest here in Martinez? No, not against this Toronto offense. Haven't seen much skills. In the minors, his skills were, were pretty good, but haven't seen them really translate for him. Um, not the matchup. I'm going to chase it. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, um, his swing and strike rate and strikeout have been, has been solid in 13 minor league starts this season, 73 strikeouts and 64 innings. He struggled with home runs. Um, I mean, the ballpark helps a little bit with home runs, but when you're facing a team like, you're facing a team like Toronto, um, that's not what you want. Like, he had a really great start uh, against Detroit in his first start, but. I mean, he didn't even really dominate them. He just he pitched well and got some ground balls and key fly balls and stuff. So um, I actually like the Blue Jays. This is a guy in the very small sample size we've seen has been big time fly balls. And like I said, he struggled with home runs in the minors. And when you're looking at a Blue Jays team with the power upside that they have, even in this ballpark, I think they're very playable. Um, as I, I, I said that yesterday and they've, they've been stinky. So um, <laughs> buyer beware. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still a low strikeout pitcher, at least one who hasn't demonstrated this, the ability to strike out major league hitters to this point um, against one of the best offenses, just loaded with power. So, agree, they're they're absolutely in play. Um, don't love the ballpark, but I, I do like the talent in the Toronto lineup. Um, yeah, Oakland bats. And they're cheap. Um, and Kikuchi does give up home runs. So I'm like a home run chase or like a, a Sean Murphy or a, a Pinder type of play here. Um, I don't want to go like too crazy though, because I do think Kikuchi with his changeup could actually pitch really well here. But I mean, they're just so cheap and we know the power upside's there. Um, but I, the more I think about it, the more I like Kikuchi. Um, there's some ugly names in this offense, huh? It's bad, man. <laughs> yeah. Sky like, Bolt, what a name. Like, yeah. what, a, what a solid name. <laughs> I, like Pinder and Piscotti are, are minimum price. If you want to look for a free home run, that's that's fine, but I'm, I'm definitely not stacking them up. Yeah, they'd be like when you do like a 5-2-1 or something where you end up on like one cheap bat that you need to just kind of make work and, oh, I'm going to play Elvis Andrews at 2,200 or I'm going to play Chad <laughs> Pinder at 2,200. Um I must play. I must play Sky Bolt. What a name! I might play him just because his name's awesome. <laughs> Colorado at LA, f- placing the Dodgers, where we finish off here. Eight and a half total. Dodgers a two fifty favorite. Herman Marquez going up against Mitch White. Any interest in Marquez in this one? He's kind of been in that Ian Anderson mold, where I think it's a talented pitcher, but he's been so bad this year. Um, just has not and it's not just in cores either it's like his strikeout yeah his strikeout rates below 20 percent 
Um, and this is a guy who's had some some pretty decent seasons, even in Coors Field up to this point. Now he's facing the Dodgers. No way I can do it. Yeah, and I mean, this is a dude that's allowed 15 home runs this season, and 13 of those have been at home. So he has been better on the road, but still not fantastic. Um, so I don't think I can play Marquez against one of the best offenses in baseball. Um this will be the third time he's faced them this season too, which isn't the best. Um, Mitch White on the other side of this game, he's 7,400. He's cheap. I mean, 80 pitches, it seems like what he's going to be looking at most nights here, 7,400. I don't think I do it, but I don't think it's the craziest idea either. This is such a massive ground ball hitting team against right handed pitching. Yeah, I've got a little interest here. I think Mitch White's a pretty talented pitcher. Um, strikeout rate isn't a lead or anything, 22.8%. Um, and Colorado doesn't strike out a ton either. That That's my biggest hesitation. If it was a, a heavier strikeout matchup, I would have a lot of interest in White here. Colorado just doesn't strike out a ton. They got Chris Bryant back, which, which helps their lineup. Um, he's not going to pitch deep into the game. There are a couple of cheap pitchers that I don't mind on the slate. So maybe I don't need white, but I, I think he's a talented pitcher. Um, I just, I'm not sold on the matchup entirely, but he's in play for sure. I, I wouldn't try to talk anybody out of playing him. Uh, any interest in the Rockies bats here? Um, no, not really. I, like I said, I, I believe in white as a pitcher. Uh, they're priced up as they play half their game games in Coors Field. The Dodgers bullpen is good. Um, just, yeah, I, I don't see really anything that jumps out at me. They're, I mean, they're priced like they're in course. Yep. Um, I mean, the Dodgers are a stack you definitely want to play most nights. Mookie Betts is free. Um, he's he's $1,000, if not more, cheaper than he should be. Max Muncy's not having a great season, but he's the type of guy that has big upside. Um, Bellinger's 3500 so, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers stack is very, very much in play here. Yeah, they're, they're very in play. I think they're going to they're gonna be fairly popular because of that bets price. It, it really makes – like when you have to pay over 5K to get three studs in there, it, it's difficult to stack the Dodgers. With Mookie Betts at 4,400 and Max Muncy at 4,200, Cody Bellinger at 3,500, it's no longer very difficult to stack the Dodgers. I think they're going to be pretty popular here, um, as they should be. Um, all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Sounds like the fireworks has finally stopped, which is nice. Um, <laughs> under eight <laughs> K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you like today? Um, I'm I'm going with Kikuchi. I I like that matchup against Oakland. Um, he's been pretty good his last couple times out. We've seen big strikeouts from him in the past. I think he has a good outing here. Took my guy. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go Spencer Howard. That's yep. I like that one a lot too. It works going way back, but over 8k to score under 15. Who is your bust today? It's Ian Anderson. Um, I think he's talented, but he's just he's not right. This is a tough matchup against St. Louis. This one might be crazy, but I'm gonna go Alex Wood. I think that he just really hasn't shown that like dominating stuff. So even if he has like a mediocre game, like under 15, I think is like very feasible. Um, so I'll go Alex Wood. Give me a guy over 4K to go yard today. 
give me Kyle Schwarber against the fly balls of Espino. I like that one a lot. I'm going almost all the way to the top today, but I think he's the top hitter today, and that's Jordan Alvarez going up against Zach Greinke. Greinke is just not going to be able to throw the ball by a guy like Jordan Alvarez, and it's going to be BP for him. So I love Jordan Alvarez today. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's someone cheap that's standing out to you today? Uh, all kinds of options today. I like Mankata to figure it out against Archer. I like that one. Um, I'm going to go Jan Yepis for St. Louis. Really like the Cardinals today. I think this is a great spot. My other one, bonus one, is Jordan Luplo, though. He is way too cheap today. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs. Give me Cleveland. I really like their pricing. Jose Ramirez is too cheap. There's some value bats in that stack. Um, like it's a really bad pitcher in Drew Hutchinson. Man, I feel like we're re- we're going to either be on the top. Of, <laughs> we're going to be like, yeah, yeah, we're on the we're on the same freaking page today. It's always fun. Um, I'm going to go St. Louis today. I really like the Cardinals against Ian Anderson. I really like the betting the Cardinals in this game too. Um, they're plus one twenty five. I think, I think they have a chance to win this game. Uh, they're a really good offense. Yeah, the Braves have been crushing the ball. Don't get me wrong; they're one of the hottest teams in baseball. But I mean, Ian Anderson has been struggling. This dude has been struggling a lot. So um, I think you could make a legit, legitimate argument. St. Louis has the pitching advantage here. Yeah, I think they have the. They, you might even have like the hitting advantage too. No, I mean if you're looking at the whole season numbers, you're looking at the last week or so. Um, <laughs> probably Atlanta, but that's gonna wrap it up here for Tuesday. We we'll back Wednesday talking more baseball. Special guest Wednesday. Wednesday, excited for that. Uh, good luck, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.